restoration is my responsibility. It's not my brother's responsibility. It's not my sister, although it is. But when I see something, restoration is my responsibility. Let's look at those verses. Now, I don't think that we'll get beyond verse 6-1. We're going to read in the NIV. And um, it's going to be 6, 1 through 5. I don't think we're going to be get beyond explaining more than verse 1. Every word, it's just so chock full. Of, I can make a series out of verse 1 of chapter 6. It's just so full. So I'm going to do my best. And I know it's Mother's Day, so I want to try to give you an opportunity to live this out, this message out. But here it is. Um, Romans chapter 6. Um, Verses 1. Did I say Romans? I meant Galatians. Galatians. I'm memorizing Romans 8, so everything is Romans to me. It's like, the world looks mighty good to me. Because Tootsie Roll... Anybody remember? Okay, yeah, I'm like that with Romans. Yeah, Romans is all... All right, that wasn't that funny. All right, so um, 6, 1, uh, Romans, NIV, uh, Galatians chapter 6. It's the microphone. Um, Galatians chapter 6. Verses 1 through 5 in the NIV. Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourself. And you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else. For each one should carry his own load. Now we're only going to get to verse 1 of this. Um, It's just so rich. But listen, what we're talking about here in chapter 6 is vital for you and for me. Your joy, and I'm going to use a word that's so loaded up in America that's so terrible and it's gonna you're gonna think it means something different than what I mean but if you're gonna be prosperous and what I mean by prosperous is not having money or having health or having anything if you're gonna be overjoyed in Christ Jesus you're gonna want your brother to give you information that you don't know to share with you something that they see in you that you don't see, that you could never find out. Listen, you want, you want everyone in this church, if this is the church, if NBT is your place of worship, you want everybody around you to believe and to practice that restoration is my responsibility. Restoration is my responsibility. Restoration is my responsibility. You need to practice that because there are blind spots that we have. And you want to. And believe me, others who after they sin would say, no, 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 I don't want you. Everybody wants this. Every, in their heart of hearts, every, let, me, let me prove it to you. Have you ever had a situation where you knew you're, you know, like you have, like ladies, right? You got a girlfriend who, um, who has, you know, a, a boyfriend and, and he's doing something wrong, right? And, you know, two years pass by, she comes up to you and she goes, you know, the whole time he was, you know, doing X, Y, Z, right? And then you would go, oh, yeah, I know. Has, has anybody ever gotten a positive response after that? 
Of course not. Of course not. You know what you hear? What, what, what do you hear? Why didn't you? Of course. Because it's in us. Listen, you never would have said restoration is my responsibility. But in you, in you, you and I know that when it comes to being restored, that if our friends don't take that responsibility in our lives, we'll have blind spots, we'll be in pain longer, we'll suffer for more time, we'll go through suffering that we won't have to go through if our brothers and sisters were simply being honest with us. But you know, it's the craziest thing in the church. In the church. This is the freest, safest place on earth. And there are people who refuse to take this responsibility. And you know you need it. Listen, isn't it true? Has anybody here ever gotten into an accident because you didn't see the guy in, in the other car? Anybody here ever got into like a car accident or anything like that? Because you didn't see it? Sure, why? Because there's such a thing on cars called, anybody know what they are? Blind spots. You know what the principle behind the blind spot is? You don't see it until it's too late. That's the principle behind the blind spot. It's a, it's a blind spot. In other words, it's, we're not saying you're blind. We're not saying that you can't see. We're saying that there are things in this para, you know, like you know, this view that you can't see. Now you're, but, but, but wait, my eyes are 20-20. Sure. But wait, I'm very alert. Sure. But wait, I'm an excellent driver. Sure. We're not saying anything about that. We're just saying you have blind spots. I mean, you got blind spots. You got blind spots. There are things that you see so clearly in other people that if I pointed it out in you, you'd get mad at me. I mean, there are things inside us that it goes, oh man, that's just the way she was raised. And I'm like, dude, you do the same thing, only worse. It's like, but watch this, watch this. It's so, wives, isn't it easy to see a hard, like, isn't it easy to see a horrible wife on like on a restaurant, like somebody just telling her husband to sit down and shut up and, and like, isn't that just terrible to see? Have you ever seen that? It, it, it flips your stomach, right? Right. And, and there might be some wives here who struggle with that exact same thing, only worse, who don't see it in themselves. You know what it's called? A blind spot. And you know why? Because you don't have friends that love you enough to take restoration as their responsibility. Sure, you listen, everybody knows this is true. Everybody believes this. It's just submitting to it that's tough. Listen to me. Listen to me. It, American Idol, right? It's going on now, right? Okay, anybody here watch the first three weeks of American Idol and that's it, right? Like, it's just the only point, right? Because it's just like everything else is just okay. It's like, you know, it's really good singers. But like the first three, four weeks or something of American Idol, I mean, I would cringe. I would sometimes, like... When I would watch it, and watch it wasn't very often because we don't have a TV, but whenever I would watch it in some, like, uh, uh, what do you call it, restaurant or someone, some, something else, you just want to walk away. You want to change the channel. You know what I mean? I would go, don't you? I would scream. I would go, do you not have a friend? Do you not have someone that loves you? 
Could nobody tell you before you embarrass yourself in front of tens of millions of people that you can't sing? Like surely somebody could have given you a clue, written you a letter, sent you an email, faxed it in, did semaphore on the street and said, no, not that way. Like smokestacks, anything to be able to communicate that you can't sing and you'd be better off sh selling shoes than embarrassing yourself in front of 10 million people. Right? Don't you, don't you like, you know why? Because they don't have friends in their lives who believe that restoration is their responsibility. It's just that simple. And so in the church of Jesus Christ, we have to be willing. We have to be. Now, there are some pitfalls here, and I'm going to talk about them. Because some churches do this all too well. And some of those, you know, just, you don't want to go to those churches either. And it's just judgmental. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But listen to this scripture. And again, we're not going to be able to get beyond verse 1. Brothers. Now, when the Bible says brothers in this particular context, it means believers. So it's men and women. It's, it's, you know, he's saying brothers, but he really means, it's kind of like when I go guys. Hey guys, I know that there's women in the audience. It's just the generic term. You know. Brothers, if someone is caught, someone say caught. You ever been caught? Nah, not you. I understand. I understand. You're a good little person. You would come to church all your life. You eat all your Christian cookies and dress, dress in your Christian clothing, listening to your Christian music. I understand. I wonder if, and I mean, there's one or two of you who have been caught. You who are spirit, watch this. If someone is caught in a sin, this is a profound word, this word caught. What it means of is being taken unawares. Now, you and I have experienced that, right? You're, you're, you're on your diet, right? And then, you know, you go out um, to your uh, friend's party or your cousin's party or your family's party, right? And then you go and you did not know that they were going to have that dessert there, right? And the, ooh, you got caught and you'll just take a little piece. Okay, you'll just take a slice, Okay, you'll ask if you could take some home with you, right? And you, you know what happened? It's not, you didn't get caught in a sin. That's not like, I mean, I, well, it could be gluttony. But um, the, the, the point is, is that you got caught. You weren't prepared for that. You were prepared for like, you know, your refrigerator. You know what's in there. You were prepared for work. You know what, you know, you know that the vendor machine guy comes around and when he loads up and all that other stuff. So you were prepared for that. It was just this thing you were, you were caught. You were caught. And you know, there are some people. Now watch this. There are some people who are not caught. They dive. They turn themselves in. <laughs> Is there a difference between being caught and turn yourself in? Like I'm talking about people who go, you know, I think this is bad for you. I think touching this thing is bad for you. Oh, come here. You know, <laughs> it's like unbelievable. Unbelievable. We go, I think I'll get hurt. Like, I think I'll get electrocuted. Let me see. Oh, gee whiz. That's, you know. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, you just like put your tongue out. It's like, oh, man, you're just a nightmare. A nightmare. And for you, we just have no good words. You're hopeless. No, I'm kidding. Uh, just no. If you're, if you're in that kind of sin, you need, you, honestly, you need counsel. You need help. That's why we're here. We love you. But watch this. There are certain times you get caught. You didn't plan on it, right? On the internet, something pops up. And you were doing so good. Something pops up. Uh, uh, you, you were walking by, 
and then you were checking out of the store, and the guy goes, hey, 200, you know, and you, you know, you got the gambling issue, right? And the guy goes, hey, Powerball, 293 million. And you go, what's one? And you, you got caught. You got caught. Like you, were, you just weren't ready for that, right? You go, you go to work, and he just says all the right things. And you just, whoo, you got caught. You know, you, go to, you start having that conversation with that girl that turns into the wrong thing. It's, whoo, you got caught. You know, uh, your, your, your wife was mean-spirited to you, and rather than loving her like Jesus loves the church, you just explode, and you got caught, Right? Your mom tells you, hey, listen, this is the wrong direction. I need you to take care of these responsibilities. And you just, you know, you just, you go and you start to get into it. And then you just, you move away from it. You forget to come back to it. You, you got caught. There's, there's a way that we all get caught. The Bible says, for the brother that gets caught, the brother who gets trapped unaware, sort of like walking down an alley and then, you know, seeing... You know, the bad guy going, you know, your money or your life. And got caught. Now, brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. Who is the focus of this verse? I know I just talked a lot about getting caught, but who is the focus of this verse? The person who's caught in the sin or the person who needs to restore them? It's, it's the person who needs to restore them. So this message, if you find yourself not in a sin, if you find, or you do find yourself in a sin, but you see some other people who are going through some or a similar situation, and they're in pain and they're hurting, listen, you who are spiritual, or you to whom the Spirit rests. In other words, if you know Jesus... And by the way, just because you know about Jesus doesn't mean you know Jesus. Let me see if I can shoot this kind of straight for you. Those, okay, it's receiving, knowing Jesus. And when I say knowing, I mean like a woman knows her husband or like a man knows his wife intimately. Those who know Jesus are people who have submitted their bodies to Jesus submitted their bodies to Jesus. I, I used to go, you know, who have Jesus as the Lord of their life, and people would just be like, yeah, sure, Jesus is the Lord of my life. Yeah, but you're the shot caller. Yeah, but he's the Lord of my life. No, 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 you're the shot caller. No, he's the Lord of my life. So I just go, okay, listen, is your body submitted to Jesus? In other words, does your body go, does your mind think, does your, do, do your plans coincide with what Jesus is desiring for you? That's the person who's received Jesus. So that person, those of you who know Jesus, who are spiritual, should, you see this word should? This is one of responsibility. Like for instance, if, right, I should get up and exercise, right? It's an important thing. It's my responsibility. Don't always do it, right? I should spend more time with my kid. It's an important thing. It's, you know, it's really vital. Don't always do it. I should. There are things that we should do. And the things that we should do are usually good for us. Although, the reason that someone says that we should do them is because they're usually not comfortable. Like, no one ever had to tell you, you know, you should have another piece of cake. Because it's a pleasure. 
Nobody has to tell me twice. Want another piece of cake? Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. You know, want another piece of cake? Ah, oh, shit. All right. You talked, you talked me into it. Right? It's, nobody ever had to tell you something like you should do that was a joy for you. You know, you should kiss your wife again. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> like nobody's ever had to do that. Right? But whenever we say should, it's usually because there's something that's unsavory attached to it. Something that is good for us, but that we don't necessarily want. You should walk away from that relationship. You're not married, and gee whiz, that seems very painful. You should read your Bible. I know it doesn't feel good, and you'd rather read the newspaper or watch TV, but if you read your Bible, you'll grow in love with Jesus because you'll learn more about him. You should pray. Yeah, of course you should pray, but I know it's time is busy, and you got all these other things to do, and there's phone calls to return, and plates to wash, and kids to dress, and tomorrow to get ready for. I understand that whole deal, but this is should. You should. This is a responsibility of yours, and it might not be comfortable, but it's your responsibility. Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. Now, you know, this word restore is so powerful. It's used several times in the Bible, and and several times it's used when it's not dealing with people, when it has nothing to do with people. Um, When there are nets, does anybody know about fishermen? Fishermen in the Middle East, this is how they used to do it. I don't know if they do it anymore. Probably do. Um, but what they, ha- they would have is that they would take out these nets. You know how like we do fishing today? If you go by my house, there's tons of fishermen where they take one. Some guys who are real serious have two or three poles. Have you ever seen those guys, right? And they're going to feed their whole family with this f- stuff. I mean, they're just going to really, you know. And so they, they cast the line. They bait the hook. They put it in. It's great. That's not the kind of fishing that the Bible speaks about. When the Bible speaks about fishing, they know nothing of that bait and hook thing. What they do is that they throw out nets. And one side is weighted in these nets, right? And so what they do is they, they, the, the nets are from the boat, and they drag along the floor of the, the water or the lake or the, you know, whatever the body of water that they're in. And as they do that, they just round up a ton of fish. These are the days before this sort of, you know, crazy fishing where there's almost like, you know, not almost no fish in the sea, but, you know, where it's really affected the environment about how, you know, people, because they, you know, they just harvest so many fish, it's just impossible to keep up. Well, these are the days where just, you know, family businesses, harvested fish, they would get, now what would happen is, on the bottom, anybody here ever walk on a beach that hasn't been prepared, like, you know, you've gone to an island and you've gone a little bit off, and you go like, ee, ah, ooh, ah. Have you ever done that where you're, you're stepping on pointy rocks and stuff like that? Well, that's because the, 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 the water or the, the, the sand hasn't been prepared. It, it's not meant for your bare feet. It's meant for, you know, it's just naturally the way it is. Well, when you do that, when you um, bring up sand, <clears throat> when you bring up the fish, it, the net scrapes along the floor. The net scrapes along the floor. And do you know what happens? After a while, they tear. And they tear... And so you bring it up and you go, oh man, at the end of the day, you let the nets dry, you know, you leave them out like that, you let them dry. And as they're drying, you start a process called, you ready? Restoration. You start restoring the net. You know what the purpose of doing that is? Is to use the net again. Does that make sense? Do you know? 
that it's so hard for people to grasp this idea when it comes to people. The whole point of restoring a relationship is not to give people a piece of your mind. That's called something else. The whole point of restoring, and remember, restoring is my responsibility. Let's say that three times. Restoration is my responsibility. Say it again. Restoration is my responsibility. Say it one more time. Restoration is my responsibility. Listen to me. The point of restoration is not so that you can make them feel bad for what they did. That's called something else. The point of restoration is not so that you can really let them have it. That is called something else. The point of restoration is so that person can be used in the same or greater capacity in the future. I just had a conversation with at least two pastors, and, and they, need, they needed somebody to help to restore them. There was some profound sin in their lives. And it's, what, what am I going to do? I'm going to beat this guy up for his, or these guys up, you know, none of which you know, so don't get any ideas, um, from different churches. Um, what am I going to do? Am I going to beat these guys up? No. No, my job is to, what does the Bible say? It's restore, right? But what does it say before the word restore? Should restore them what? Gently. There's got to be a way that we can restore our brothers gently. And this is to, me, and this is to say not harshly. Not, you know, you know, there's, hey, Ed. Come up. Run, 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 fast. I'm gonna, now watch this. There are ways that we can restore people gently, and there are ways that we can restore... Thanks, Ed. Come on up. I need your, I need your help. Now watch. L- uh, lay down on the floor. Watch this. So, right, my brother, my brother has fallen, right? And he's in grievous sin, right? Now, when my brother is on the floor and he's in grievous sin, there are four temptations that I'm going to have to fight. Let me tell you what they are. And just stay there. You look fantastic. Um, um, no, wrong. I need my notes for this. Um, okay, so there are four things we can ignore. There's our brother. He's a, and you know what we do? We just go, see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. Yo, that's just not my responsibility. Yo, I'm not their brother. Am I my brother's keeper? And we just keep on walking as if they don't agree. And we just dance around. Oh, how you doing? Oh, no kidding. How's Phyllis? Oh, that's great. Oh, all right. Tell the kids I said hello. And we just keep it moving. We keep it very, very vague. Listen, listen. You know your husband has to spend more time with his kids. And you're not restoring him. You know that you need to... You know that your daughter or your granddaughter or your... is not... It's going down a wrong path. They're not listening to wisdom. Just keep on ignoring it. You know that your brother, who was coming every week to church and reading his Bible and all this stuff, you know that they're... Listen, we're not... Hey, how you doing? Good Lord, looking good, man. Nice haircut. Good to see you. Just ignore it. Terrible. Listen to me. You are not a friend. You are not a friend if you ignore 
The other temptation is that we excuse. Right? You know, what it, you know why we excuse other people's sin? Because of our own. Because of our own. Right? I'm gambling, so I can't talk to my brother who's fallen down. And he's like upside down, owes like $10,000 or owes $200. But you see the direction he's going. Right? It started with little scratch-offs, and now he's like betting bigger bucks. Right? And just leave him there. And you go to yourself, but who am I? I sin in the same way. I can't talk to my wife about this. I do the same thing. I can't talk to my husband about this. I do the same thing. I can't talk to my kids about this. I do the same thing. I can't talk to them. And you just go, it's my own sin. And, and to you, God is trying to show something in your own heart that you need to address. And the, the idea is not to excuse it and leave them alone. The idea is to address, confess unto the Lord and then come back to the brother or sister. The next one is to gossip around them. And our church is good for this. It's gossip. And here's what you'll do. You'll do if you've if you're been around the church world for a while, you'll gossip in a way that seems holy. And here's what it looks like. You go, you go up to someone and you go, we need to pray for Pastor Edwin. I think he's having marital problems. And I think that his wife's about ready to leave him. I just saw her yesterday and she looks fit to be tied. We need to pray for Pastor Edwin. This is called sanctified gossiping. Gossiping, so, but it sounds spiritual. Oh, no, no, I was just passing along a prayer request. Not healthy, not good, only hurts. Let's not do that. So these, that's another pitfall. And the other one is that we judge people too harshly. And we do. We just judge them too harshly. We go, oh my goodness, I can't believe she did that. And oh my God, I can't believe he said that. And I can't believe they do that. And haven't they been around here longer than me? Even I don't do that. And you're just judging them harshly. God forbid anybody judges you the same way. You throw up a flag and you go, you don't know what I'm going through. But you'll be happy to do that with somebody else. It's a terrible thing. Now, I don't want you to do that. So now watch this. The Bible says that we should restore them gently. Right? Let me show you what gently is. Okay. This is gently. All right. We're going to come up together. We do it together. Do you see that? I'm going to explain what that looks like in an actual thing. Now, that's gently. Let me tell you what ungently looks like. Either excusing. God, I'm going to drop it down again. Okay. You ready? Here you go. That's restoring. That's, that's harshly. Okay. Now, watch this. I feel like doing that again. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I love, isn't he handsome? Edwin's birthday was, he's 18 last week. Isn't that amazing? I'm so proud of him. He got accepted. He got accepted to a really good college. God is doing some really neat things. I just love this kid. I feel really old though. Isn't he look handsome? Isn't he handsome? Watch this. If you want to restore your brother, you don't do it harshly. You get down where they are. You love them. You bless them. You, you, you let them know that you've gone through what they're going through. But you don't do it harshly. You don't, you know what? This, let me tell you what this looks like. Go ahead, one more time. I'm not going to do it hard, really. You go like this. And this is what humble, gentle restoration looks like. You take a knee and you go, brother, um, I've been stuck in the same sin. Let me tell you about what I've done. 
I was gambling and my man had destroyed my family and my household. I know, I know you didn't know that about me, but it's true. And I don't want to see you do that. You're my brother in Christ. I love you. I don't, I don't want you to have to experience the same kind of family loss and the same kind of thing. So I want to help you do this. So can I, can I call you tomorrow? Stay right there. Can I call you tomorrow? And just duck a little low. Can I call you tomorrow and we can do this together? And maybe when you walk around that block, I can, you can tell me what time you go around that block. And then we can talk about, and then we can walk together about this issue. If my brother's gambling, it's not enough for me to go, stop gambling. It's not enough for me to go, get it together. It's not enough for me to go, check yourself. But I got to humble myself. Thanks, Ed. Great job. Appreciate that. Isn't he handsome? All right. Ladies, he's also available. Check him out. Um, that was bad. <laughs> that was bad. But, but, um, so now watch this. What's the first thing you have to do? Number one, when you see somebody who's hurting themselves, that you... Because remember, whose responsibility is restoration? Don't, don't even use the corporate hours. It's not ours. It's whose? Yeah. Whose responsibility is restoration? Whose responsibility is restoration? You're right. You're right. You're right. And so, Bible call. Okay. I'm lost without my Bible. Okay. Um, I was like, ooh, Holy Ghost. <laughs> and I like, took my Bible and everything. <laughs> ooh. Okay. Um, brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. Gently. Here's how you do it. You humble yourself and you see their sin in your own heart. Right? When I see a husband, even if I see a husband um, uh, doing something that I've never done, like spending money on himself and not, you know, and that's just not my story. Like, I've, I've got a million other bad things that I've done. That's just not one of them, right? And so I can go, oh, I know what it's like to be selfish. I know what it's like to be selfish. I've been selfish with my work. I've been selfish with my time. I haven't spent, you, you see what I'm saying here? Listen. You find how you sin. You don't tell the mom who's bringing up her kid in a way that's going to cause her destruction and him destruction or the kid destruction. You don't go, you need to get your kid together. I saw them at three o'clock. You know, I saw them at three o'clock in the morning and oh. you, go, you know, I know how tough it is to be a single mom or I know, you know, gosh, when I was raising up my children or now that I'm raising up my children, I see the difficulty of not being able to see where they're going and and you can't be in all places. Let me help you with your kids. See, when you humble yourself, it's hard. I've never been approached by a humble person. And I've been told, listen to me, I've been told my preaching is bad. I've been told, like things that I'm real, real super sensitive about. I've been told that my preaching is bad. I've been told that I'm not, you know, some very harsh things to me. And they've done it. They go, you know what, Edwin? I know how nerve-wracking it is. You know, I used to do the same thing. Here's three or four things that you could do so that you could bless your people to be a better preacher. Watch this. You can do this. You humble yourself. But the first thing you do is you look in the mirror and you go, why am I so worked up over this? Why am I so upset about their sin? Oh, maybe it's in me. 
Maybe it's in me. And you ask Jesus to reveal it in you. Secondly, you deal with it. You go, Jesus, I'm a hypocrite. I'm a mess. I have blown it. This is where I am going wrong. And you deal with it in your own heart. And you ask, and if you need to go to ask, you know, Pastor Gus is here. You got Pastor Ray at our house. You got me. Not so much. But, um, no, I'm kidding. But, but you've got options, and there's people here who love you, who walk you through. It's God. To be, you can be walked through this process. And then, and then you can come down, and you can see them. And you go, oh, Bobby. I just pray that you, and you, as you pray and you, and you ask Jesus, you see what I'm saying? So first, we, we humble ourselves by asking God, what is it in me that I see in them that I don't like so much? Second, we ask Jesus to deal with that very thing. Lastly, we go and help our brother and sister in prayerful humility. Does that make sense? Okay, now watch this. But watch yourself. Now, this is crazy. This one, this, this part of the verse blew me away. But watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. And you know, it doesn't say exactly what it means. I didn't know. Like, is it that I'm going to be tempted to do the same sin that they're doing? Am I going to be tempted to pride? You know, helping somebody? I don't know. But listen to me. When you're helping someone, there is a special admonition. There is a special declaration. There's a special focus that says, listen, I want you to watch yourself. I want you to watch yourself. Because there is a propensity in you and in me to get focused on other people and ignore what we need to work on. Watch yourself. Listen, NBT, listen to me. Watch yourself. Yeah, I know, he's acting terribly, but watch yourself. Yeah, I know, she's not doing all she should, but watch yourself. Self. Yeah, I know about them and how bad they are, but watch yourself. Examine yourself. Ask the Spirit of the living God to do this radical work. The team is going to come up and they're going to sing a song. It's going to be yearn. The song is, the, that they're going to sing is called yearn. Let me tell you why. Our restoration is my responsibility. Listen to me. You know why we could take on this responsibility? Because there was one who had no sin in him. Who came down from heaven to earth. And there was a people who were so in need of restoration... They were in need of being restored to the fellowship of the body. They were in need to be restored to fellowship with God Almighty. And they had no way of doing this. And, and God said, restoration is my responsibility. And He came, Jesus came from heaven earth. And he didn't just bow a knee. He gave a life to die for your sin and mine on the cross. He said, this is the price. This 
is the price to restore you. And I will pay it. And pay it he did with every drop of blood, every bit of agony that you can imagine. And some were offended by it. And others wanted nothing to do with it. But he did everything that was necessary to restore you and me. And because he did it, we can have fellowship with the Father. Not fellowship with rules. Not fellowship with trying to do right and be right and do good and be good. But have fellowship with the Father in heaven. Being saved, not by our own works, but by the restorative power of Jesus Christ. And he says, now go restore others. I'll give you the ministry of restoration. I'll give you the ministry of restoration. And so we're going to sing a song to Jesus about yearning for him. Because the truth is that some of you don't want to do this at all because you have fear of man issues. And you just go, oh, but they won't like me. Or it'll be too much trouble. Or the friction will be too much to deal with. And you're in sin. And you need to confess that. You need to love your friends more than you fear losing them. And some of you want to do this all too eagerly. Slow your roll. Slow down. You just can't wait to get out of here and tell your husband or your wife or your kids or your friend. Or you just can't wait. Oh, I heard it from pastor. I got a word from Jesus. I need you to stop. I need you to stop. I need you to not do that. Until you are humbled Ask Jesus to deal with your sin and prayerfully go to that. You are not, pray for that person. You are not until and here's the here's the here's the test. If you haven't cried over their sin, you're not ready to approach them. But don't let that be the boundary to approaching them. So we're going to sing a song to Jesus. Then I'm going to come back. I'm going to ask you to do something and in two minutes, and then we'll sing again. Gus will come up after that.